First Kings chapter nine. First Kings chapter nine. Please begin reading with me in verse one. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord, that's the temple, the temple. And the king's house and all Solomon's desire, which he was pleased to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time, as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. That's when the Lord asked him, what do you want? He asked for wisdom, and the Lord granted it to him, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Back in chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. Now, if you go back and read 1 Kings chapter 8, it's one of the most beautiful prayers that's recorded in the Word of God by men. And at the, it was the, the, the coronation, you could say, of the, of the temple. And uh, Solomon says, hey, look, your people under all these manner of circumstances, whether it's great or whether it's not great or whether they're here or whether they're abroad, whether they're in captivity or living lives of freedom, when they call unto this place, meaning the temple, that God who cannot dwell in, in, in the earth, he's above everything, that he will hear from heaven the prayer guided toward that temple, and he will forgive, okay? That he will grant forgiveness. And the temple being a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the people of God in all manner of circumstances or whatever, crying unto the Lord, crying unto God Almighty through Jesus Christ, that forgiveness can be had. That's the, that's the beauty of the prayer that, that he's referencing there. And it's recorded out through chapter 8, which is a lengthy read, but that's uh, more or less a summary of it. I have hallowed this house, meaning I've made it good. So that picture, the, the house, when people pray toward that house, I believe when Jonah was in the well and he said salvation is of the Lord he practiced that very idea that that he prayed toward the temple depending that God in heaven would have heard and he surely was spit out of that fish's mouth that well's mouth have all this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually and if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for my name I will cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. And at, and at this house which is high, every one that passeth by it shall be astonished and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord, why hath Jehovah done this unto this land and to this house? And they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought their, forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. Look at, that, at the idea this morning. The Lord means business. The Lord means business. Now sometimes we can have, especially in the 
the society that we live in, you know, God is Papa, or God is Buddy Old Pal, and God understands the circumstances of my life, and He know He gets it. He He just wants me to be happy. Life's hard enough, you know. God isn't God. God He 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 just wants the best for me in my life. Never at any point did God ever say to fallen man, "It's okay to rebel against me." At every point. Jesus Christ, that woman that was caught in the act after he was finished riding in the sand, what did he tell her? Go and sin no more. Repent. Believe the gospel. Trust the Lord. Do what he says. Does God, does the Lord mean business in that? Did the Lord mean business when he said, hey man, don't eat that, and the day you eat it, you'll surely die. Did he mean business? Does he mean business in our lives today? Solomon he built it unto the Lord. If you go back and consider what happened in verse 1, that temple was something truly amazing. The majority of it, the weight of it, it was beyond measure of pure gold, glassy pure gold. You go back and read some of the, the, the buildings that Solomon he had. He had an ivory throne that was overlaid with gold that had six steps and 12 golden lions. I mean, just, just the beauty and the imagery of all those things. Truly was majestic in all, the, particularly the house of God, though a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Solomon then was used greatly and mightily of the Lord in building that thing. If you, if you were to go back and do a study on the temple, it's, a, it's an amazing study. It really is. It really is. It was in the heart of David to build it. And God said, hey, it's good that it's in your heart, but you're not going to build it. Your son is. Solomon had dedicated a great amount of time and resources under that. So he had, he had a life that demonstrated that his heartfulness toward God. Those that had gone into captivity and came back and saw a rebuilt temple, they cried, they, they grieved because it was of such a lesser stature than that original temple. Well, the people that had never seen the old temple, they rejoiced at it. The Lord used Solomon greatly in that in that picture in that day. So we can we say that because God you the Lord used Solomon greatly in one area that he is free from all other areas and the Lord didn't mean business. Well, he did a good job, but he invested a lot of time and resources. Well, so I'll let this other stuff slide. Do you think the Lord said that or do you think the lord means business i believe the lord means business solomon was previously blessed by the lord look in verse two again the lord appeared to solomon the second time well that in itself is amazing to just stop and consider the lord presenting himself to solomon a second time the first time is amazing a second time is incredible this has never happened to me. The Lord has never appeared unto me like he did unto Solomon. Solomon is in rare air, you could say there. Just totally blessed by the Lord. And at Gibeon, he offered him there, uh, you know, the desire of his heart, which was wisdom. Here he gives him commandment. People like the idea of being blessed. They don't like the idea of being commanded to do anything. But that in itself is a blessing. It really is. He was blessed. Look at how he was blessed. Go back to, to, uh, to 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 56. Chapter 3 and verse 56. My page is here. 
chapter 3 and verse 56, how, how was he blessed? Uh, verses 12 through 14, excuse me. Chapter 3 and verse 56. Yes, chapter 3 and verse 56. I'll get it right in my mind. There is no 56. Uh, let's see here. Well, in my mind, it says that he was blessed and had get, was greater wisdom than everybody else. Yeah. Chapter 4, is that it? Verse 56? There's no 56 there either. No. Okay. So the Lord said, I'll bless you beyond all measure. Look at verse, chapter 10 for sure. Chapter 10 and verses 24 23 and 24. 23 and 24. And all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver and vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices and horses and mules, arrayed year by year. So it says he has wisdom beyond all measure, and he also has wisdom greater than others, and he also exceeded also there in, in riches. Solomon was dependent upon the mercy and the grace of the Lord. In verse 3, the Lord said, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication which thou hast made before me. Go back again and read chapter 8. That he was dependent on the grace and mercy, the forgiveness of sins of God Almighty. Chapter 8, all the way through. But you see the, the Lord's conditions of blessing. The Lord's conditions of blessing in verses 4 and 5. If thou will walk before me as David thy father walked, in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. Does the Lord mean business? I believe he did. I believe he did. He tells him to walk, and that's that's an important thing. If that will walk before me. To proceed or move or live or die and have a manner of life as walking before God Almighty. Now we, we try to understand the Word of God the best we can, but if we if we are intent on looking at the Word of God but have no desire to apply those things in our lives or that they would be applied in our lives, then, then we're, we're sorely missing the business that the Lord means. That the Word of God, the commands of God, and even grace and mercy itself have an effect in the lives of the people of God. He says you walk in integrity or in completeness, in innocence or honesty, uprightness, and that's, that's a rare thing to find. It really is. To, to have somebody that will give an honest answer. If I will walk before me as David the Father walked in integrity of heart. In uprightness, he says, or straightness. In what is right or what is due. Without compromise, without waver. To be an upright man. To be a man of integrity. To be a man. We did a, a man series out of 1 Kings chapter 2 a while back. Look at 1 Kings chapter 2, if you would, please. In verse 2, 
verses. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth, be thou strong therefore, and show thyself a man. In showing oneself a man, and truly a man of God, one would walk or move or live in integrity and uprightness of heart. That should be our desire. And when integrity or uprightness is broken or breached, it should grieve the heart of a child of God. To, 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 to have the flesh kick in and, and for us to get out of a circumstance, we bend or we lie or we, we, we move in deceit or guile, that should immediately grieve the child of God. He says, if that will walk before me in integrity and in uprightness of heart. And he says, according to all that I have commanded thee. Now, yes, he commanded Moses, and Moses then commanded Israel. And God commanded David. But you see, he says, I have commanded thee. Solomon here has a personal responsibility in the command of God, doesn't he? Child of God, does the Lord mean business? Do you have a personal responsibility in the commands and word of God before him? I believe so. The Lord here coming to Solomon tells him, you have a personal responsibility to all that I have commanded thee. In that charge, in those charges. To do what? To keep or to heed or to observe the statutes or the conditions, the prescribed tasks of the Lord. To keep my statutes and my judgments. To keep or observe, to heed the judgments or the litigation, the decisions of right and wrong before God. But what a walk that would be. What a walk. He says, I will establish thy throne. But I want you to see something very, very important here. Because our minds, it would be so easy to say, well, it's impossible. That's impossible. I can't do it. Go back to verse 4 again. If thou will walk before me as David thy father walked. Was David a perfect person? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He said, if you will walk as David in integrity of heart in uprightness, according to all that I have commanded, and will keep my statutes and judgments. David, even in his imperfections, you read those Psalms, his sin grieved him. He repented mightily unto the Lord for his sins. Here in this walk, the child of God is encouraged then to proceed, having all uprightness and desire to simply trust the Lord and to do what he says and be corrected of the word of God. He says, I will, uh, then I will establish the throne of my kingdom for Israel forever. God will establish it. The condition would be one walk as David. David was not a, a perfect person. This is completely possible, though. This is completely po it was possible. For, it's not possible for me to walk like Jesus Christ. It is possible for me to walk like David. It was possible for Solomon to walk like David. God Almighty said, you walk like your dad, and these things will be established. This means that it's possible for those who, who hope in Christ in contrition or in repentance, having hope in Christ, when the Lord Jesus Christ said, take up your cross and follow me, that it's completely a possible thing for a, a child of God to do. David being not a perfect person, but he was a man of repentance. Look, look in, in the psalm, Psalm 42. 
a child of God walking after David. The Lord means business. Well, how? what does that mean? Read Psalm 42 and you get a really great idea of what that means. Psalm 42, to the chief musician, a mascal for the sons of Korah. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, whom when I shall, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in thee. For I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance or face. O my God, my soul was cast down within me, therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill of Mezer. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. He's feeling overwhelmed. His head is underwater. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness, his faithfulness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, My rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. David was a man that had a lot of trouble. David was a man that he sinned, he erred, his grief overcame him many times. He felt like he was drowning many times in his life. And that reputation, why art thou cast down on my soul? Anybody ever been depressed before? Yet, yet this man, and if thou will walk before me as David thy father walked, imperfect as he was, imperfect as he was, yet a man who repented and panted after the Lord himself. This tells us that in the hope of Christ as David, Solomon would have walked having hope in Christ, and many others may also. Look, he says in verse 4, excuse me, in verse 5, I will establish the throne upon thy kingdom upon Israel forever. So that, that, that speaks of a lineage. That Sol, not that Solomon would live forever, but the, the lineage of David would continue on. This is the expectation of all those that held the throne there in Israel, those that were to lead children of God. It is possible. It is possible. Do you desire, though, to walk before the Lord and that you would walk in integrity of heart and in uprightness, that you would follow and keep his commandments, keeping his statutes and judgments? It ought to be the desire of the child of God. This would not be an impossible task because it wasn't impossible for David. David did it. Sinful as he was, vile, wretched man that he was, sinner saved by grace, trusting the Lord, repenting oft, and following after him. Does the Lord mean business? Well, I don't have a throne, 
This is promised to the lineage of David on the throne in Israel. This promise isn't direct to me. I don't have a throne. I'm not not a, a king in Israel. But I do have a space that the Lord has given me. And I can I can look at this text and say, you know what? In the context of the family, the Lord has promised the earth to continue for a season. But he has not promised that my family in particular will continue for the season. So in walking before him, I should desire that he establish me, that I would walk in integrity of heart and uprightness by the grace of God, that I would keep his words and that he would establish my space on this on this earth for just a little while, that he would keep it. I should desire to walk in such a way that the Lord would establish, and and that he would be pleased to establish me. Also in the context of this pastorship, the Lord has promised his church to continue, but he has not promised this particular church to continue. If he has, then I haven't read it yet. Brother White, the the pastors have had limited um, tenures here, haven't they? Have they uh, has there been any pastor that has continued to the no, they just it keeps going on, keeps going forward. God did not promise that I'd be the the pastor anywhere until he came, but I do thank you. I do thank him rather for the space he's given me in this pastorship. I should desire to walk before him in integrity of heart and uprightness according to all that he has commanded and to keep his statutes and judgments. I should desire that. Do you see your personal responsibility here? Solomon had a personal responsibility knowing that the Lord meant business to walk before God in integrity of heart, of uprightness, and, and, and to do all according that he was commanded, to keep his statutes and judgments. Do you see your personal responsibility? Do you desire that the Lord would establish you in the realm, whatever that is, that he has placed you in this life, and that it would be established? That it would be established. Solomon and each one of his descendants would have personal responsibility in this. Look in verse 6. But if ye shall turn from following me, ye or your children. You see the personal responsibility in this. Now God's, the Lord says, hey, look, you walk before me, I'll establish you. If you don't, then here's the consequences. Was, was any of this, when, when Solomon took wives of, of other nations, was God taken off, off, off guard by that? No. Was God taken off guard when Adam ate of that fruit? No. We just studied in the book of Acts that by the determinate counsel, foreknowledge of God, Jesus Christ was crucified and slain by their wicked hands, right? So these things are determined by God, but men are responsible for how they behave in their day. If you look in the book of Acts in chapter 17, Acts in chapter 17, if you would please, in verse 26, God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the earth, face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. When and where you live and how you live, God appointed all that. Solomon, and, and you, could, you could read on through here, Solomon in, in chapter 11 after that he had sinned these great sins, some adversaries came up of the Lord. And one man, 
uh, David had dealt with his family and with his tribe uh, w- when he was just a kid. And now that David's dead, he's a full grown man. And this man had been burning to go fight with Israel for decades. And now that Solomon had sinned, this man is making war against Israel. There was a providential enemy against Israel because Solomon turned from following the Lord. Does God mean business? I'm personally responsible for the space that the Lord has given me as you are. And yes, we are personally, yes, God has purpose and there's ordination and there's determinate counsel of God and all his providence. I am personally responsible by how I walk before the Lord as you are. Does the Lord mean business? I believe he does. Look at the Lord's conditions of being cut off. Look here. But if you shall, in verse 6, but if you shall at all, at all, a little bit, at all, if you're walking a tightrope, how much can you walk off course? Huh? How much? Not at all. If ye shall at all turn from following me, ye and your children, I will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. Rebellion. It says the sin of witchcraft, did not it? Rebellion. And we got a, a, a festival day coming up. People dress up as ghouls and goblins and witches and all that kind of stuff. Witchcraft. This world just loves it. You know, there's assemblies and societies that they'll have a, a an October festival or whatever, and they'll pass out candy. And they'll interact with the world, trying to get people in the door. It's evil. I believe rebellion is. I mean that the if you categorize it, witchcraft is a form of rebellion. Rebellion is the greater sin. Adam wasn't cast out of Eden because of witchcraft. He was cast out of Eden and fell and died the death because of rebellion. Because of rebellion. Turning from the Lord. Turning from following the Lord to follow lust and sin and idols. False representations of deity. Oh, I don't I don't follow that stuff. I don't follow that stuff. You might think that Solomon would have thought that too. The builder of the temple, the smartest man there ever was. A man who was uh, in First Samuel, he, excuse me, Second Samuel, he was he was a man that was promised of God to be the uh, of the lineage of Messiah. Not keeping the Lord's statutes and commandments, rebellion. Some people think that the Lord went soft in the New Testament. That he went through some kind of anger management program or something. That all of a sudden sin is okay. And that because of grace you can do whatever you want. You can think whatever you want. You can live however you want. Jesus Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6. Look there, Romans chapter 6. And verses 1 and 2, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Turn over to chapter 12. People use the end of the book of Romans for Christian liberty because they think they can do whatever they want. Well, that has to fit in the box of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, which is holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yes, Christian liberty fitting into that. People think that God Almighty went soft. That you can just believe whatever you want, do whatever you want, live however you want. That he's okay with these people just following their hearts. Just trust your heart. You know, that's okay. Like Jiminy Cricket, let your conscience be your guide, you know. Is that what the Lord told Solomon here? People think that the Lord's okay with, and he understands the plight of his people, and he just wants them to be happy. Oh, God, wouldn't, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't give me that command. He, he would prefer me to be happy. It says in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, at the end of verse 2, look at chapter 11, verse 2. At the very bottom of verse 2 in chapter 11, Solomon clave unto these in love. Oh, Solomon, he loved these people. God just wants him to be in love. Who? What kind of God would deny his people love? One may argue. Well, does, it, does that love walk before him in integrity of heart and uprightness according to the law that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and judgments? Was that evidently not? We'll read that God was angry with that. Some people think that that God left off his holiness and his righteousness and is now a sympathetic beggar of his children's affection. Oh, please, please, please serve me, won't you, today? God does not. He is not okay with your rebellion. And you can clothe it with, you know what, if you try to clothe it with the idea of grace, I can be rebellious because of grace. That's what we've been studying that in first and second and now in third John about Gnosticism, that knowledge is salvation, doesn't bear any fruit at all. Or antinomianism, that because of grace you can do whatever you want. Well, the God that spoke to Solomon in first Kings chapter 9 is not permissive either of Gnosticism or antinomianism. No, walk before me. It's a heart issue. Walk before me. The condition of being cut off, first and foremost, is rebellion. Secondly, it's neglect of individual responsibility. Looking again at verse 6. If you if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children. Personal responsibility. I have a responsibility to read the word of God, to trust the Lord, and to do what he says. And you have a personal responsibility to read the word of God, to trust the Lord, and to do what he says. In my personal responsibility, then also standing before God, I and I alone will stand before God and answer for the life that I have lived. And that, thank God, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I stand. I will stand before him redeemed. But those examinations, you can read in the, in the New Testament, in First uh, Corinthians, that 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 there will be wood, hay, and stubble, and there'll be gold and silver and, and precious stones. There'll be a distinction between those things that we did for the Lord and those things that are just set at naught, burned up. But I will give account. I will give account before God of how I lived before Him, because of grace. You also will stand before God, and whether you'll stand before Him 
under clothed under the blood of Jesus Christ, set apart, redeemed, or you'll be before him and his white throne. You also have responsibility before God. He says your children. So generation by generation by generation, they were personally responsible without lighter examination or effect. Every other, you go the very next line, Rehoboam. He didn't. The Lord didn't present Himself unto Rehoboam, but Rehoboam was still responsible before God to keep all these things. You see, ye or your children, verse number six. So I encourage you to see your, your personal responsibility before God. Child of God, trust the Lord. Do what He says. Sinner, repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. See yourself as a sinner. See yourself out of the way. He also, another condition of being cut off, the Jews out of Israel, was false servitude of religion. False servitude of religion. Verse 6, again. Will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. False servitude of religion. To serve means to labor unto or to work or be subject to. People think that if they're subject to, to God, but they're doing it their way, they're serving God. That's not serving God. That's serving a false representation of God. That's idolatry is what it is. Now, there were, you read this Old Testament. There were false prophets saying, peace, peace. And all the while they were taking their sacrifices to the temple and their hearts were far from God. Read the book of Isaiah specifically. Their hearts were far from God. They were rebel against God. They, they served other gods and brought those things straight to the temple. But Solomon did too. We'll look at that. So many so-called Christians are servants to their lusts. They find the service of religion in their bellies, in, in their lust. We studied the book of Philippians. Look in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. See if this describes a modern religious world. Chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Paul writing to the church of Philippi, Brethren, be followers together of me. Not that he was somebody, but he followed Christ, and they were to follow him following Christ. If Brother Gary's following the Lord and I'm, I'm following him, then we should both be following the Lord, right? And mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. Mark those who are following the Lord. For many walk. They have a behavior of whom I have told you often and now even with weeping. He mourns over them. Hear me, please, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Is that light language? All religious enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction. Well, that has to be a wide gate theology, doesn't it? You take one step, God will take one, meet in the middle, there you say, boom. Deity, excuse me, idolatry, false representation of deity. Whose God is their belly, they serve their lusts. Whatever God lets them do, whatever they want to do, His glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Sensual. That's what the book of Jude says. How serious is this? Oh, religious. Oh, yeah. Oh, I believe. I believe. So, what, did, what does it say in the book of, of Jude? 
Verse 18, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. Jude says they're not saved. If somebody would rather serve their body, whatever that means, serve their body rather than submitting to God, he says they don't have the spirit. They're not saved. False servitude of religion. Be careful of those that serve other gods. False worship or obedience in religion. Look at, look at that in verse 6 as well. Condition of being cut off. Does God mean business? And worship them. But go and serve other gods and worship them. Not every religious person is a child of God. Matthew chapter 7. Many in that day say, Lord, Lord. He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Most, in fact, are not. Even saying that they're children of God, most aren't. Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is a child of God. What here? He says, the walk before me. The heart issue. The heart issue. Because one was to, that Solomon was to have a heart toward God, that he would keep all this stuff. Now, Solomon was a sinner. And he did repent. I believe that the book of Proverbs is one long repentance letter. And that he's telling Rehoboam, his son, don't live like I did. Don't do the things that I did. I believe he did repent. But Mark, Mark these as religious as Solomon was, that good, he was good at many things. He himself Look in chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. Chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. Does God mean business? 9 through 13. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. If you read further up in chapter 11, Solomon had a whole bunch of women that turned his heart, and he loved them, which was sinful in itself, but he followed after other gods. And had commanded him concerning this thing, which that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant, my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Does the Lord mean business? He meant it with the smartest man that ever lived. He meant it with the richest man that ever lived. He meant it with a man who he had spoken to twice this third time in chapter 11. He meant it to a man that was was there for the temple building. He, He had wild understanding of all things. Does the Lord mean business? I believe he does. I believe he means business with us as well. The Lord mean business. Look at verses 7 and 8. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. They were driven into captivity. And it was a hard captivity. They, they, they weren't over there, you know, changing a flat tire. It was hard. Sing us a song. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing in a strange land? Grieved. I will cut off. I will cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. And this house, which I have hallowed for my name, I will cast out of my sight. That temple was destroyed. They broke it up. They pieced it up. It was treaded 
The, the enemy laughed and they gnashed their teeth and they wired their heads and said, ha, ha, ha. Does the Lord mean business? He promised Israel. People think that God has promised America certain things. He promised Israel this was his people. If he will do this to Israel, the Lord means business. He really does. And Israel should become a proverb and a byword among all people. A proverb. It's an aphorism. A word picture. Oh, that, that Israel be a proverb for us here today. That Israel would be a proverb, a lesson for us to learn by. Does the Lord mean business that his children should walk before him in integrity of heart and uprightness and to do according to all that he has commanded us and, and keep his statutes and judgments and to be as David, one that repented and trusted in the Lord, even and especially when it didn't make sense. Hear the word of God. Hear this proverb known as Israel. A byword is a, a, a taunt or a jibe. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, y'all hear, y'all hear the, uh, about Israel? Ha, 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 ha. The Lord, he smashed them. Ha, ha, ha. Sennacherib, ha, ha, ha. Nebuchadnezzar, ha, ha, ha. A mocking statement. That happened to Israel. It really did. It really did. In many cases, it's happened to churches, too. I've known personally of churches that have just fizzled out. In many of those cases, it was because the people there just didn't simply trust the Lord and continue on. In many cases, in many cases, not in every case, but in many cases, it comes back to the lessons that could have been learned out of 1 Kings chapter 9. In many cases, it happened to the lives of individuals, individual people. Son, it can happen to you. Whatever throne or whatever realm or whatever place God has given, you are personally responsible how you live before him. Is it worth it? Was it worth it to Solomon? How much love? How many women was it was it okay? How many how many gods was it okay to build altars to right in front of the temple? Was it okay? Was it worth it? What about the loves and the lusts and the and the monuments and the and the pillars and everything that we set up in our own hearts? Is it worth it? To have our place removed? There are churches. You read those seven churches in the book of Revelation. To my knowledge, none of them are still in existence. What happened? History knows. I don't. Was it because of some of this stuff? I have no idea. But there's some pretty intimidating letters written, to say the least. Some corrections. Would it have been because of rebellion? I would say largely so. The people of God in the house of the Lord are ultimately a reproach unto the name and the fame of the Lord. Look at this. Then will I cut off Israel in verse 7. There'll be a byword, verse 8, in his house, which is high, wonderful, amazing. Everyone that passeth by it shall be astonished and shall hiss. Ha, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord done the, thus unto this land and to this house? 
That's a reproach. When, when I rebel against the Lord and when you rebel against the Lord and, and we're, we're caught in those things and, and then there, there's a chastisement that comes and we're brought low, it's a big opportunity for those that have no idea who the Lord is to walk by and to hiss and to taunt about the Lord. To bring a reproach under the name and reputation of God Almighty. Would a child of God do that? Or apparently so. Look at him. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, they mocked the Jews and the Lord himself in the rebellion of Israel. Those people, those passers-by, they gloried in it. In time, they did. It's a great disgrace of sinners who bring the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to dishonor in the mouths of men. What if the only gospel that someone ever hears or sees is our lives and we do that with great dishonor? Verse 9, And they shall answer because they forsook the Lord their God who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have taken hold upon other gods and have worshipped them and have served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them this evil. Look in chapter 11. Verse 1, But the king Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go unto them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart from uh, after their God. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives and princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians. She was a god of passions and love and lust. And after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Molech, burning children, sacrificing and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem. And for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon, likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt and sacrificed unto their gods. There before Jerusalem, there right in front of the temple. Oh yes, so, so wonderful is that temple, but he's got all these other gods there. Why would all these things happen? The Lord means business. Verse 9, they forsook. It says, then shall they answer, because they forsook the Lord their God. They abandoned the Lord. Again, how many steps sideways do you take on a tightrope? They were looking for pleasures of lust. They were looking for idols and calling them the Lord. They forsook God. You know, how many people with their mouths just say, I forsook the Lord, and they, they take pride in that. Not many. But adding all these other little things, Solomon. You would think Solomon having the most wisdom of every man that ever lived, beside Christ himself, and Christ being God, is just exponentially wiser than, than Solomon, infinity. Um, but, the, but Solomon, having received personal information from God himself, and wisdom from God himself, still looking at pleasure and lust more than following the Lord. You see how easily it could happen in our lives. 
Does the Lord mean business? I trust you think and you know that he does. They forsook. They abandoned the Lord. What else did they do? They forgot the Lord. Verse 9. They forsook the Lord their God who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt. They forgot. They forgot that the Lord Jehovah, that he is indeed the God of deliverance. Chemosh, Milcom, Ashtaroth, none of those things brought the children of Israel out of bondage. None of them. Philippians chapter 3. The God of your belly didn't bring you out of bondage if you are a saved person. He is the Lord who delivered them out of Egypt. He is the Lord who commanded them at Sinai. They forgot. He forgot. Commanded. You know, deliverance... Is, show me an example in the Bible where the Lord delivered somebody but didn't give them any commandments. We've been studying the book of Acts. Look at Acts chapter 1. Is there any example in the Bible that God delivered somebody out of anything and didn't give them a commandment? In Jonah, right after he spit out of that fish's belly, he gave him a commandment. Go to Nineveh and testify those things that I command thee. Acts chapter 1. Verse 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both began to do and teach, until the day which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The gospel is not separated from his commandments toward his people. Never at any point did he deliver anybody and say, okay, now do, do whatever you want. Never. Never. They forgot that the God of their deliverance is also the God of commandment. They flaunted their sin before the Lord. Look again in verse 9. Who brought, and they shall, they shall answer, because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought, brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them and served them. They flaunted. They forsook the Lord. They forgot the Lord. They flaunted their sin before the Lord. They took hold of idols. They worshipped their idols, and they served idols, and they did that without apology. Again, Solomon built this stuff right in the face of the temple, which is to be a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He flaunted it. Oh, I would never do such a thing. Oh, really? I tell you what, I've been guilty of it. If you're honest with yourself, you, you have just lived openly and flaunted your sin in the face of the Lord too. Children of God, may the Lord cause us to repent. And walking before him in integrity of heart and uprightness of heart, we do what he's commanded us, that we repent. And as David, we repent heavily and that our tears will be our meat, that we would desire to serve the living God. To say, oh, I have no idols and I certainly don't worship or serve them. 1 John chapter 1 says, if we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. Be honest in these things. Ultimately, they, were, they felt the anger of the Lord. Look at that in verse 9. They felt the anger of the Lord. Therefore, hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. It would be terrible if he just brought it into their minds and they were vexed mentally about it. That would be terrible. But they felt the anger of God. That evil or destruction or misery, that pain was brought upon them. Has anybody but me ever experienced the pain of not walking before the Lord in, up, in integrity or uprightness in heart? Has anybody but me ever felt that? 
I believe that's what chastisement's all about. It really happened to Israel. Is the Lord any different today? Did at any point the Lord ever say, you know what, my bad, never mind, I don't mean that anymore. Grace, you can do whatever you want. When did the Lord change in this regard? When, when does 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, when does that not lay hold? Yes, it's a personal promise from God Almighty to Solomon and his lineage. But when is the application of these verses ever not relevant to the children of God? It was relevant in the garden. It was relevant in, in, in Israel thousands of years ago. It's relevant in my heart today. It really happened. When did the Lord say, because of grace, you're now free and set at liberty to do as you please? John chapter 14, he says, if you love me. John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John chapter 14, verse 21. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, just hours before his crucifixion. Chapter 14, verse 21. He says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, and keepeth them, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest or show thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My, my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode or dwelling with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. Does the Lord mean business? Does the Lord mean business? Again, we're studying in Third John. Turn to, turn to Third John. Verse 11, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Does the Lord mean business? Revelation chapter 22. Some of the last words written. Revelation chapter 22. Please, in verse number 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Go back and read the first three chapters. Weep over those things. Does God mean business? Child of God, I believe he does. The Lord does mean business. I encourage you, verse 4, to walk before him in integrity of heart, in uprightness to do according to all that he has commanded thee and keep his statutes and judgments, desiring the Lord will establish you in this life as you serve him. Not on the throne of Israel, you're not given that promise, but in the life you've been given. Moms, dads, husbands, wives, children, church members, whatever, desire to walk before him. What did the Lord say to Abraham in Genesis chapter 11? You'll never guess. Excuse me, chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, oh, he's old, he gets off the hook. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Does the Lord mean business? I believe the Lord means business. Child of God, trust the Lord. Do what he says. Walk before him in integrity of heart and in uprightness.
Sinner, likewise, your kingdom is already fallen. All these things that he mentions in verses 6 through 9, the kingdom of Adam fell a long time ago. Thank God. Thank God the second Adam came. You need to go back and reread Romans chapter 5 concerning justification and the work of redemption and how that because of the death of one man, sin because of the sin of one man, death passed upon all and you're rapidly approaching the grave. Your kingdom, the kingdom of Adam has fallen. And why? Why? Because God Almighty who testifies in the heavens of himself you flaunt your sin in front of him. You worship other gods. Chiefly, you worship your own self, your own lust. Your kingdom is fallen. But there is one true and faithful son of David. If you were to go read through here, through the, the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 7, the Davidic covenant, God Almighty promises of Messiah that will come, that will rule forever, that his throne shall be an everlasting throne. While Solomon could have walked as David, none can walk as Christ, and none can preserve as Christ. You are living in a fallen kingdom. Christ alone in his gospel, in his death, burial, and resurrection, he has the victory. He has the victory. Can any be as, as, as walking before God? Can any be as Christ? Walking in an integrity and uprightness. Keeping the command and the judgments and statutes of God Almighty, can any be as Christ? None. That's why Christ came. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. For, she, he, for he shall save his people from their sins. From their wretchedness, from their rebellion, from their wickedness, from, from their being cast down and cast out and destroyed and mocked and a byword and their wailing and their gnashing of teeth, he shall save their people from their sins. Thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sinner, I encourage you to repent. Trust in Christ alone, not in some version that you have cooked up in your head, but what the Bible says, that you're a sinner. You cannot will yourself to salvation. You cannot work yourself to salvation. That Christ came and died in the place of sinners, literally substituting himself. That he was buried, showing the effect of sin, which is death. And he himself, he had power to lay down his life. He had power to take it up again. He rose from the dead, eternally declaring himself victorious. He's coming back soon. Tick, 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 tick. How soon is soon? It may be in the next minute and a half, which is about when this message will be done. It could be in 50 years. I don't know. The Lord does. When will you stand before God? I don't know, but you will. You will. I say stand, kneel. Every knee shall bow. How will it be? Will it be under your own merit? Will it be under your own idea of some idol or false representation of deity? Or will it be under the blood of Jesus Christ? I encourage you to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word. The Lord does mean business.